Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Best Ever You show. Thank you, Randy Kay, for that awesome intro that we've been pretty much steadily playing for the past 10 years. <laughs> it has not changed. I probably need to update that with you, Randy. But whatever, I, I love that intro, um, and, I, and I love you, Randy Kay, so thank you very much for um, do, doing my intro for so many years now. Um, we have some new members to our Best Ever You community that are going to be on the phone with me here shortly on the show, and uh, this is one of those interviews. You guys know I pretty much do these interviews cold. I haven't done my research, my homework, or anything, and that's because I'm going to discover all about them with you as well. So as you're listening, if you have questions, please, uh, you can tweet me at best ever you, um, you can, uh, you can, cl- I, I could start the chat on the show, I guess, if you guys want, let me know, but usually just tweeting me at best ever you with your questions works great. Uh, we have Robin Rosencrantz and Michael Glover with us. They are, uh, I'm going to let them tell all about themselves here in a minute, but they are at bright, BlueGorilla.com. Welcome to the show. Thank Hello you. There. Hi, Happy How to you be doing? here. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are amazing. You're world traveling musicians and filmmakers from Los Angeles, and we have the wonderful blessing of having your company in our Best Ever You Network. Thank you very much for being with us. It's it's amazing. Oh, it's great. It's have... a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, so what's Bright Blue Gorilla? Let's just go there. Okay, Bright Blue Gorilla uh, started as a, a band. Robin and I are musicians, and we started 30 years ago as a band, but it's slowly morphed into a film company as well. And we've made seven feature films, and we tour the world with the films to cinema, cinema after cinema. We're doing a concert, introducing the film, and showing the film and going to the next town. That's basically how we live. At least it was until 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Robin, how's 2020 working out for you so far? What's uh, what's changed and, and how are you guys adjusting to all that makes you not be able to potentially travel? Yeah, lots of surprises because, as Michael was saying, we're constantly traveling. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask, where are you from? Where do you live? Well, when we're not touring the world, our base is in Los Angeles, and we happen to be in Australia. We were planning a world tour for 2020. We were in Australia. I think we did about six weeks of touring. We were about to go to New Zealand, to Europe, and then all of a sudden, one by one, all the shows started to cancel, and we're like, huh, maybe we have to go back home. What's going on? So we decided to go back to Los Angeles where my parents are and they're 87 and 91 now. And we said, you know what? I think it's a good time to go hang out with my parents. We got the very last United Airlines flight out of Melbourne. Literally the United terminal was closing after our flight. And now we're hanging out with my parents and cooking and cleaning and having family movie nights. And it's actually a very special time for us. Yeah, because we have this big movie screen and projector that we tour with. Because in between cinemas, we also do like what we call pop-up cinema in an alternative venue, like maybe a community hall or someone's living room even. So we have that equipment. And so every, every couple of nights, we put up some beautiful classic film like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or his girl Friday or something. And I do a little Q and a, I, sh- I introduce it like, like on the, what is that? That uh, Turner mystery classic science. movies. Oh no. Okay. Turner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you yeah. did the mystery science theater or the Turner classic movie one. <laughs> there's two, yeah, there's Turner two Turner ways classic. to do movies. <laughs> then we watch yeah. It's really a nice family thing. that we. And do. of course, Michael makes a big bowl of popcorn with coconut oil. Very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's 
sounds so lovely and fun. Um, and and uh, like time you can't get back, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's been a blessing for us to be. To be honest with you, this uh, the pandemic lifestyle is not that different for us from normally between tour lifestyle because normal tours we're going everywhere we're seeing thousands of people every week but then when we're not touring we tend to cocoon anyway we like we just disappear (laughs) and we we play music we write songs we we write new screenplays it's a very cocoon like thing we hardly see anybody and so actually this is just like a little bit longer Cocooning, period, right? you know, for us. So it's not like it freaked us out. Like, oh my God, I can't go out. I can't see my friends. Because usually, we're when we're not touring. It's funny because when your your lifestyle and work is to meet thousands of people every week, when you when you're not doing it, it's nice not to see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I get it completely. Um, the uh, it's it's interesting to hear that too because a lot of people are definitely thrown for a loop. Um, with this, with no office or suddenly homeschooling kids or, you know, you know, all the different things. Um, it's so a big that's change. The, a big a change. huge change. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard for, for so many people. Um, but for Michael and I, it's like the, the slowdown has actually been a gift. I mean, of course, it's hard to have all our shows canceled and when are we going to tour again? And, you know, you wonder, okay, what, what's next? But right now, it's, it's really a gift to us just to have the slowdown, the time with my parents, and the time to reflect. And we do a lot of meditation. Even when we're on the road, we always start our day with meditation. We end our day with meditation and after 30 years of traveling, you know, we found whenever we sit down to meditate, we feel at home no matter where we are. We, we really couldn't live this amazing lifestyle we've had without meditation. So now we have even, being in one place, we have even more time to meditate. And that's helping us, you know, keep the joy flowing during these very challenging times for so many. Yeah, it's so important to have, I don't know, if you if you... I think a lot of people are experimenting with meditation these days and we've been doing it for, and it's great because when you, if you can go deep enough, that's the trick. If you keep practicing it long enough and if you have good techniques, hopefully you can go deep enough and there really is this reservoir of sort of, of, of intuitive feeling, intuitive guidance, and also really just peace and joy, a feeling of well being, which is almost like gasoline in the tank so that you you can deal with with irritants things that normally would drive you crazy and they don't drive you crazy it's like the get maybe the gas tank goes down a little bit with every irritating moment but if it's full enough you don't really lose your temper you don't feel like you don't get mad you don't feel like you you don't feel upset or you don't feel despair it's really a i hope more people keep experimenting with it during this period because it's a wonderful thing you're getting back in touch with what's the realest part of you inside Hmm. Maybe you guys would consider writing an article for besteveryou.com about meditation, aside from all the other things that you have going on. Yeah. That might be really cool be, to have that. Sure. That's, if yeah, you guys sure. want to. Oh, if not, to if not yeah, just an idea throwing that out there. But to, for being here today, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was 36 Husbands. First, I have so many questions. Um, it's a mystical, musical, romantic, <laughs> awesome. kung fu spy comedy starring three powerful women and a bunch of husbands. Um, okay, so how did you come up with that title? And tell me all about this and where can we watch and what's happening, especially if things have changed during 2020. Yeah, first of all, I just want to tell people 36 Husbands is, is family friendly. It's not like it sounds. It's a comedy okay. spoof, and our stuff is very PG, and so there's nothing horrible in it. That's a kid. It's not made for kids, but if a kid is in the room, nobody's going to be concerned. And kids tend to enjoy it. They actually, uh, parents bring their kids to the show, teenagers and young ones, and they seem to really enjoy it. I think because nice. it's so quirky. They're very quirky. It's a comedy, and it's kind of a zany comedy, so maybe that's why they like it. But, but fortunately for us, um, we have a good distributor, a French company, which we met uh, three three movies ago. Under the Milky Way. Under the Milky Way. They're a wonderful team of French people that uh, we actually even shot a, a couple scenes in their office in Paris. And um, they're really uh, supportive of 
of artistic vision in cinema. And they have like some major, major clients uh, and which I won't mention their names, but you, you would know all, most of their clients as famous people. But uh, they also liked our stuff. It's, they said, it's so strange what you're doing and it's so amazing that you're able to do such uh, low budget stuff. What they call it, what do they call it? High concept, low budget. That's what they call our stuff. And they were able to get us on, uh, right now we're on uh, Amazon, we're on uh, YouTube uh, movies. We're on Apple TV. We're on, which is formerly iTunes. We're on uh, Google Play and a uh, thousand, uh, thousands. Time probably. Warner. Time Warner has us. So a lot. You can find Thirty Six Husbands virtually anywhere. Which is neat for an independent film because you know Michael yeah. and I are the movie studio, and uh, I'll let Michael tell you a little bit of, more about what Thirty Six Husbands is about, and then um, we want to tell you how we make these independent films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 36 Husbands, I wanted to – I wa- okay, first of all, this is our seventh film, feature film, and I tend to write and work with as many of the same actors with each film as possible. It's almost like an ensemble, a theater ensemble, because I get to know an actor, and I like the way they do stuff, and so I write specifically for them. So in this case, Robin and I had an idea. The concept was we want to go around the world with our favorite actors – and shoot this film. So we also thought a lot of our actors that we love are also production people because I, I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with this, but a lot of actors sit around most of the time waiting for a job. That's part of being <laughs> yeah. an actor. You're waiting for the phone to ring. And so what a lot of actors have done in the past 10 years is they've learned how to make their own movies, make their own scenes, do their own stuff. So at least they're working, they're, they're doing their uh, craft and they're keeping their face out there. So we thought, well, we know four of our favorite, rather three of our favorite actresses are also independent directors and theater people like directing and, and also camera people, et cetera, et cetera. So we thought, well, let's have them be the stars, which they've already been in our other films. And we'll, they'll, when they're not on camera, Film acting, they'll be behind camera helping us film. They will be our crew. They'll be the crew. That's and cool. so that was the concept. And we created an artist collective, and it's basically uh, everyone in a way is, is, every artist in it is a part owner in a way of this film. And so uh, we, we, we got our three main actresses. And the fourth was, uh, we, it was a, uh, we needed a man. It's, it's mostly women in the film because it's a women's power picture. But we wanted one uh, male agent who would be from MI6, the the English spy agency, and he would be sort of a romantic interest in one of the spies. And we were touring. We were in in, uh, Spain. Spain. We were in Madrid touring with our last film, Mr. Rodolfo's Jubilee, and we needed a place to stay. Um, One of the things, you know, while we're on tour – Sometimes the cinema or the music club or the festival, they'll give you a hotel or a place to stay. But most of the time, we are staying in people's homes. People take us in all over the world. That's what's nice about the way we tour. Is it's like we know it's like we have a family all over the world. Yeah, it's like a worldwide family. So we needed a place to stay, and I think I <laughs> cool. put a message on Facebook. Anybody, any friends know anybody in Madrid? And then a friend <laughs> really? said, oh, I have a friend named Dominic Anglum who lives in Madrid. He's a musician and he's an actor and he's really open and friendly you can probably stay with him now here's the here's our here's our lifestyle in a nutshell an irish comedian moves to madrid, madrid and hosts <laughs> us right and then we yeah. take him to australia to film the movie so that's kind of how it, yeah. our lives are that's so much fun but he's a but- comedian a great great actor he's very tall and a very uh, specific look, and he's the perfect opposite for Gina, the, 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 the character. And so we, we, you know, that's also how we tend to cast. We cast people that we, we, we just, I, we have a feeling this will work. We test them and make sure it's correct. And then we go with it. We, we don't do a casting call where there's 500 people trying to knock their brains out to try to get a part. I, I really dislike that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, it, and it, like one of the things, Elizabeth, it's really important to get to know other artists. If you're going to work with them and hang out with them, making a movie, you know, sometimes you're together 24-7. And mm-hmm. so we like to hang out with people and get to know them before we work with them. And that method has really worked well. Yeah, so, so basically it's a, 
it's a kung fu film. It's a comedy. It's a musical. We mixed all these uh, different genres. elements together, different genres. And people can watch our trailer uh, on our website, brightbluegorilla.com. It's also really trending on YouTube. Every every time we refresh the page, another hundred people have watched it. So it's really trending on YouTube, and they can watch Thirty Six Husbands and see the vibe of it. And it's basically just a, a lighthearted, I- enjoyable fantasy about three powerful women spies trying to save the world. You know, it's played for laughs. It's played for upliftment. And we, we, we guarantee if you relax and give it a chance, you're going to feel better at the end of the picture than you did at the beginning of the picture. That's our goal. <laughs> That's, <the> goal. <laughs> That's a great goal. You guys are going to, when you get your Academy Awards and your Golden Globes and all these things, the crowd of people, you know, in the audience or behind you and so forth, if people are taking you in place by place and so forth is extensive. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're going to have so many people to thank. That sounds so great. <laughs> yeah, it'll right. be long. Speaking of the Academy, I have to say, because yeah. you mentioned the Academy, a surprising yeah. thing that happened is a few years ago, they approached me, the Academy Library, the Academy uh, Library where writers go to like look up stuff. They approached me and they said, we've heard of your films and we would like to get one of your scripts for our permanent collection. So I, we went over there, they copied one of my, they uh, photostatted a script and they put it in hardcover, like a book. And we, we were up, that was go with the flow. So we were on the shelf right next to gone with the wind. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, That's um, so neat. And then they've, been, they've <laughs> been calling us for the past uh, five years now. And they just, they just added 36 husbands. They asked me if they could have Aww. the, uh, the shooting script with my personal notes. Cause I have a lot of sketches and notes that I do personally on each script. So they, mm-hmm. they, we just like a couple weeks ago, they got that script. It's now going to be added to the permanent collection in the, uh, it's called the Margaret Herrick library, but it's the Academy Awards library. In Beverly it's Hills. a big honor. Uh, a big honor. Yeah, that is. We don't know how they even heard of us. I know totally for weird. no budget filmmakers. Yeah. It's like, Oh, our script is in the Academy library. Three of them. Now. But it was so neat. Cause we also went there and got a tour. This was a couple of years ago. And we got to see, Real movie props from you know Hitchcock films and yeah, they you know, I even held like Cary Grant's glasses in my hand. Yeah, it's totally cool because <laughs> they also they're uh, the Margaret Herrick Library is in uh, Beverly Hills, and it's um, it's also an archive of of movie uh, movie me- me- um, memorabilia, and yeah. like the match. I don't know if you know North by Northwest, the Cary Grant. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, where he writes the message on a, a, matchbook. a matchbook, and he throws it in in the yep. room for her to see it. It's a p- important plot point at the end. That matchbook, we we they said, look at this. Open this up, and then it was Cary Grant's <laughs> matchbook. We're like, oh my god, cool. the actual matchbook. We had to hold that in our hands. Totally we love, <laughs> love that, that movie. And I got to hold the real Academy Award actually, yeah, right. yeah. and it's pretty heavy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, you guys would have loved my father. My um, uh, we so I'm in the middle of many many kids, and and um, my parents, growing up, owned a chain of video stores. Uh, it wasn't called Blockbuster. It was in Iowa, Illinois, called the Movie Stores. And Vincent Price would do our commercials during Halloween and all, you know, all oh, sorts cool. of stuff. So you're talking to a movie buff. I can I know them all by oh, line. <laughs> But uh, oh, I'm sure so- you know way more than I do. But um, for, I, I pride myself on at least knowing something about movies. I, I love them. And um, my dad, before he passed, um, so he was an old ex, kind of ex-Hollywood. Um, he has a, had a movie where he discovered Bruce Davidson called Chance. It never got finished. And he was part of the Peterson Company and all sorts of stuff. So I, I, know, that, I know that vibe and feel. But he was a, a script reader. And a screenwriter and all this stuff. Yeah, he's got a he he's got a book called Presidential Prey on Amazon that needs to be in a made into a movie if you're so inclined. Um, oh, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have to hear about that. We'll I'll contact you about that later. Yeah, yeah, no, that's so, so cool. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm and this is on behalf of like everyone creative. Um, you know, these moments where you have. Um, you guys are show what I hear in your voices is like this never give up thing. Is that true? Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. It kind of has to be because when you're doing <laughs> your own stuff. Right. Well, that's, that's the thing Elizabeth. So, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. Michael grew up in Albuquerque 
he came to Los Angeles. We met in Los Angeles. And we were um, at a music club on Sunset Boulevard, 8121, singer-songwriter room. And we were both performing that night. And we ended up meeting. We got together, wrote a love song, Bella Love. (laughs) And both of us, you know, our dream was to travel the world and play music. But being in L.A., we had full-time jobs doing our music part-time. And, you know, it was, it was pretty tough because, like most artists, they're working, they're not doing what they love, they're hoping to get discovered in the clubs by the record companies. But we decided, you know what, we're going to quit our jobs in L.A., we're going to sell everything we have, we're going to buy one-way tickets to Europe, backpacks and guitars, we're going to go out and just create a career, just do what we love now. And that's really the beginning of our relationship. And 30 years later, we're still on that journey. We never know what's going to happen next. And it's been a do-it-yourself incarnation. You know, we've had some amazing breaks. Um, Virgin Records picked us up in Europe. We were in a movie called The Last Shot with Matthew Broderick and Alec Baldwin. We've had interesting things, but... None of those things ever lasted, and and it's always come back to, you know what, learn how to do it yourself. Create that career yourself. Keep going yourself. Reach out and ask for help. Create with other people, but you have to keep the train moving, and, and it's been a great incarnation. I don't think we would have learned as much if things were just handed to us. Yeah, I think it was Roberta uh, Benini and his Academy Award thing, I think he thanked his parents for the gift of poverty because it made him so, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, creative I without picking out. I think, the, I think that if I'm remembering, well, remembering correctly. Necessity. Wait, necessity for invention. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we, what we do, because we form an artist collective. So what we do is we keep, like this, we had a lot of, uh, for the past two films, we had about 300 people, 300 artists for each film. By the time you're all done, it really adds up to that many people yeah. who are artists and who are photographers, who are just everything you can possibly imagine that, that are – because the beautiful thing about movies is if you think about it, movies are kind of in a way the, the highest art form as far as how many other art forms they incorporate. In movies, every single other art form is incorporated to make a movie. It's in a way, it's the peak, it's the top. It's not necessarily better than theater or something, but it uses more because it uses photography, art, dance, movement, sound, lighting. It uses every other every other discipline. So when we meet someone who does some peculiar artistic thing, we always go, "Huh," and we make a note of that. We keep in touch with them, and then. When it's time to make a picture, we say, oh, you remember that girl that juggles with fire that we met? That we met in Berlin? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah why don't we put a, a scene where, you know, when our lead is walking by at, at nighttime, we see this fire uh, fire juggler lady. Yeah, we actually yeah, saw we this woman that. juggling yeah. with fire in that Berlin kind of and, and got her, you know, email and name. And then a couple of years later, we got in contact and said, do you want to be in our movie? And she happened to be in Berlin. It was really cool. It's really a fun way. It's a fun way to live. Now, you know, I don't want to give the impression to people. I mean, it's okay if they think we're rich and famous. That's fine. They can imagine <laughs> that. Um, but to be honest with you, it's, we, we do it for art. We do it for the lifestyle. We enjoy it. We get it. Yeah. Um, on many of the years of our 30 years, we've literally dipped below the official poverty level as far as our income. But we've never been bored. We've never been destitute. We've never been poor in the real sense of the word. Because no, we feel we have rich. so many friends. We have so much support. I think community. I mean, really, let's think about it now, especially with this pandemic kind of stuff. Community is is what saves you, and friends and loved ones are what saves you. And help you keep and going. Help you keep moving forward. Right, emotionally and yeah, yeah. materially. There's and... some there's some African saying I heard that if you want to if you want to move fast go alone. If you want to move far, go with a group. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so if you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go, if you want to go far, go together. Is that what you just said? Sorry. It cut out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love, 
I love the fact that um, there's so many there's so many things that are so parallel to everything we talk about on Best Ever You, and um, about how important it is to collaborate and network and be inclusive and and all of these different things, because um, you just don't I just don't think you succeed alone. I really don't. Yeah, if you do, it's a Tricky. sort of a cold cold comfort success. Yeah, maybe I made some money, maybe I'm a big deal, but are you alone or are you with people that you love? You know. Right? Yeah. And what are you, and what are you willing to give up to get what you want? I mean, you know, that's that's been important to us. Like what what are your values? What's important to you? And you know, Michael and I we we don't own a house, we don't own this, we don't own that, but we feel rich. You know, because we we just have experiences and adventures. And like Michael said, just so many um, beloved friends around the world that it feels like we have a worldwide family. So we Mm -hmm. really, we really feel at home wherever we go. And I just, I still, after 30 years of traveling, I love meeting new people. I love hearing their stories. Everybody has a story. It's really been inspiring. What have you... um... I have, a, I have a comment about goals, and then I want to ask you, so remind me of this in case I get going on, to, um, to talk about what you've learned from movie one to movie seven, and if I feature film, or correct my language if I'm, if I'm saying the wrong thing. Um, but one of the things I want to ask you about is goals, because I am a, a firm believer for over many, many shows now of having people on starting, established, and whatever that when you have a goal to do something, uh, really important to talk about that goal out loud so that people can show up for you. Do you agree with that? that? Is actually, oh, yeah. It's, totally. That's one of the keys of success that we discovered along the way. And basically, we, we would put it this way. First, figure out what you want. Figure out what you need. That's the hardest part a lot of times, defining the goal. But as soon as you figure out what you want, the second step is tell everyone you meet what you're looking for. Everyone. Like, for example, we needed an apartment in Berlin at a certain point, which is hard to get a good apartment in Berlin for a cheap price. Right. And so I, Robin started telling everybody. Even like I go to the grocery store, I'm looking, you know, for an apartment. Do you know of anyone? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get this it. This is amazing. Yeah, how we found one apartment. You know, it's word of mouth, it's friends, friends of friends. But I happen to get this email from a dance studio in Berlin. I don't even know how I got on their email list. But I wrote back saying, hey, we're musicians, filmmakers from Los Angeles, spending some time in Berlin. Um, We need an apartment. Let me know if you hear of anything. They wrote back to me right away and said, oh, I know this musician who's renting her apartment out. And we ended up moving into that place for a couple of months. Now, that's kind of funny because this was an apartment that was formerly, this was formerly in East Berlin. It was the only high rise at the time in Berlin. And it was, it was given to high functioning levels of government and the Stasi, the, the secret police people. That's who lived in that building. And here's the strange thing. The walls were so thick and soundproof, yeah. more than any building I've ever been in. You could not hear your neighbor, a word or murmur from your neighbor above or below. Uh, and we thought, this is really like the best designed apartment. It's so quiet. And then we started thinking, of course, because they're spying on each other. They're listening to each other <laughs> in East Germany. You couldn't trust your neighbors, you know. They'd be listening at the wall to hear what you're talking about. So it was a good so, place to yeah, sing songs great, and not bother people. Yeah, we could play at all hours. <laughs> That's so funny. Right? And, oh, and our, our nightlight out our window, we had a great view of the Berlin TV Tower, which it's almost like it looks like a big mirror ball, disco mirror ball. And uh, it was they a beautiful it. view yeah. right in the center of town. Yeah, we we got to spend time in the most amazing places. But you're right about the, the importance of identifying your goal, having a goal. That's very important. And I think just to, to anybody listening here, you know, do your best to find some time to reflect on yourself and and write down a few things that you're looking for that you would like to change, things that you're happy with. Spend some time with yourself every day if possible. Be sure you spend a little time at least every few days. Sit down and say, okay, what am I feeling? What's going on? What do I need? 
And the more you, 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 you know where you are and where you need to move to, the more you can actually, you can actualize it. You can start to do it and start to transform yourself. What if your goal um, sounds just completely ridiculous to other people? Um, for example, you know, I can remember the day that I, I quit my job to start Best Ever You. I came home and I'm like, well, I, I just quit my job <laughs> and uh, I am starting an Internet company and it's going to be called Best Ever You. And I can remember people looking at me like, yeah, no. Oh, um, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and not not here at home or anything like that. But, you know, once you mix up in the, in the general public, the co- sometimes the comments come at you. Or people, you're, even sometimes your own family, they'll be like, go get a real job. Okay, you know, that kind of thing. People say things. How do you guys surround yourself um, with love? And and keep that out. There, there, there. You know, like what you said is so familiar to every artist that ever lived. Oh yeah. Because, yeah. You know, that's just first of all, <laughs> yeah. you got to really figure out what you need, and it's important to to be sh- as sure about it as you can be. You're going to get a bunch of people saying that's a stupid idea. Well, those are people you need to make a little mental note. Maybe not my biggest supporters, you know, and you need there was <laughs> like that. Maybe not my biggest supporters. Yeah. And, and, yeah but keep looking polite. for it. Keep telling other people about the idea until you get someone that goes, hey, that's cool. Well, how are you going to do that? You know, and then you're going to start to find no matter what kind of goofy idea it is, somebody out there. What, what we also say, because we do workshops sometimes at film schools and music schools. And what I tell the artists there is Listen, it's a giant world. So whatever kind of weird art you're making, if you look at a percentage of the population of this planet, a certain percentage is going to think it's the coolest thing they've ever seen. It might Maybe 95% hates it, but 5% is going to say, this is cool. I love it. It's so weird. Love is where you find it. So it's a big world. You can find your audience and you can find people that resonate with that idea. Those are your supporters and those are people to enlist to help you make it happen. And so I would say just keep on talking about your idea and do, I was going to say, there was one guy that we saw in Hollywood. I, honestly, I forget his name. It was at a, at a, 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 a sort of a seminar thing in, in a theater, a cinema, and he was a filmmaker, I believe. But he said, fire your flaky friends. That was his, his advice. For, for, for transforming your life into a successful life. He said, fire your flaky friends. And I forget his name, but he said it that way. And he was talking about if a family member of yours is completely negative to your ideas, they're still your family. Give them love from a distance, respect from a distance, but, but distance yourself a little bit from them because they're not going to help you. It's important right. to surround yourself with supportive people, people that inspire you. That is really, Very important. really important. You need all the strength and support, especially when you're trying to do something different. Yeah, yeah. When you're going against the norms, right? I mean, it's funny, Elizabeth, because your, your story reminds me when Michael and I first decided, you know, we're quitting our jobs, we're selling everything, buying <laughs> yeah. one-way tickets. We had dinner with my parents, and Michael and I weren't married yet. And we were talking to my parents and and they were they thought we were crazy. They're like, "What are you gonna do? Go bum around Europe? You finally have a job. You have a little money in the bank." Now wait, I, let me interject. You finally have a job. You finally have money in the bank. Robin had five hundred dollars in the bank. Yeah, I get it. At the stupid company she hated. Yeah, it wasn't a big thing. But you know, they really they thought we were crazy. And then once they saw how happy we were, they really came around and. Now, you know, my parents are our biggest fans, their biggest supporters, but it, it took a little it took while, a while yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it's funny, it even um, reminds me of a story, you know, it was a couple years into our adventure, and we were in the Netherlands, we were in Holland, and we were doing shows, and we had a good tour, and we said, okay, what's next? We said, well, if we go back to L.A., this money that we made on the tour will be gone in about two months. <laughs> what else can we do? And and Michael, I think Michael got the idea, like, let's go to India. Let's just take six months off and, and drop out and go explore, have a new adventure. And we were like, wow, that could be interesting. So so two things I want to tell you about that. So one thing, 
we thought, well, let's go for a walk. We took a walk um, by the beautiful canals in Holland in a city called Utrecht. And we were talking, trying to decide, is this a good idea? How do we feel? Yes, what, 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 should we do it? Should we not? Right. And, and we go to, to the canal, and there's a guy, a musician, playing the djembe by the canal. He's, like, rocking out. And then he stops playing. We're standing there listening. He looks at us and said, hey, I just got back from India. You guys should go. <laughs> the first thing he said out of There's your blue. sign, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally we're like, funny. we got a sign. But then we, you know, I remember we even told some of our musician friends what we were going to do, and they thought we were crazy. They're like, what, your career's finally going? You're in Europe, you're touring, you're just going to drop out and go to India? What, what are you doing? <laughs> even, our, even, our even our musician artists, friends. The artists became But capital. I tell you, it was the best thing we ever did, and we went for six months, and we just had a whole new adventure. And, and it was the first time in our lives that we weren't working you know, we, we yeah. started working from when we were pretty Yeah, young. I was 11 when I started making money working, you know, because we I was raised by a single mother, and we didn't really have much money. If I wanted something, I had to get the money. So I had, with my friends, we had a lawnmower service and all that stuff and whatever. I've always been working, and I oh, love entrepreneurial. work. But it's interesting when you stop working. Like, that. that's also what a lot of people are experiencing during this pandemic. Mm. When you stop working or if you're fired or something, your identity is, is questioned. Like, wait a minute, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a corporate planner and now I'm not corporate planning. What, what am I? Who am I? You know, I'm a, I'm an event person. I'm a concert pianist and now I'm not in concert. You know, so it's, it's, it's interesting when you take the work away, you say, well, actually, what am I? And that was, fortunately, we were already meditating at the time. We have a good, a good practice with that. So we just, took that in and just really absorbed it. And it was really nice. It was very solidifying about our, our core uh, understanding of ourselves. Also, practically speaking, having that time off, I wrote so much. I was writing so many stories and things and plays. That's really helped me to hone the craft of writing right? during that period. And that was, that was back in the day before Internet. So we were, like, writing longhand letters, postcards to all our friends you know, it was a it was a neat experience just to be and just to kind of uh, be spontaneous. It's pretty neat because in India, even to this day, they have this thing called aerogram. No, yeah, the aer- oh. aer- yeah, that's what they're called. But they're like basically you can receive mail at any post office. Oh, like it's just general delivery. I forget what they are. Jeep general delivery. Michael Glover general delivery Bombay. You know, and so you just put that on there. And I go to the Bombay main post office. <laughs> And really? I say, I'm Michael Glover, I'm expecting letters. And they get, take my passport and they look in their little old file. And they pull out, oh, here's a letter for you, you know. That's cool. It's really, it's like old old world. So we were even getting letters. We were traveling by train. It was just And now we've been to India six times, actually. You guys need a movie about your life. Like, I think somebody needs to make a movie about you. Wes Anderson right. needs to call us and make a movie. <laughs> you know, people Somebody have been saying that. that. I don't have the right. chops. Somebody... To... Yeah. Right. You guys Corey, are a movie but, you know, of your own. <laughs> Sorry. Right? With this do-it-yourself lifestyle, we'll probably have to make our own documentary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have, do you have like, background footage of you guys? I mean, did you ever turn the camera on yourself where you were, yep. like, living? We oh, good. Okay. Lot. So you've got footage. Yeah, we have a lot of footage years yeah and we have actually there's a couple of documentary teams that have have threatened to make documentaries about us they've oh, yeah. and they're they're in a, in a friendly way i'm saying but um <laughs> they, they uh there's one in, in germany now they've got quite a few things with us the the, the, yeah. the, the ladies and uh yeah so we'll see maybe something will come out but a great book everything yeah no that's yeah. cool okay um Tell me about okay. So we have um, we got a little bit of time left. To, I'm going to keep you a little while if that's okay. Do you guys both have more time? Okay. Sure, yeah. So to everybody who just tuned in, which was a good clip of people, we're speaking. This is episode 526 of the Best Ever You Show. We are speaking with Robin Rosencrantz and Michael Glover of 36 Husbands. Their website is brightbluegorilla.com, and their movie is 36 Husbands, which you can just find that anywhere. Um, and they listed, if you listen to the show, they told you kind of where, where to go and stuff. But w- I, we have a blog that will uh, appear on Best Ever You probably within the next few days that will give links and all this stuff um, and a more thorough 
um, interview with both of them, too. I'm really excited about that. Um, what I wanted to ask you about next was film festivals, because I've been connected. We got connected to you through Amy um, of the Heartland Film Festival. Can you talk about the United States for a little bit um, or film festivals around the world? Or I, I'm not real well versed on film festivals to ask intelligent questions other than I know Amy. Sure, sure. Well, film festivals are, are uh, you know, usually for independent filmmakers, they're extremely important because it, it helps them get an audience and get exposure to their films. And uh, we're a little different because we're, we were a touring, a worldwide touring band, Bright Blue Gorilla, before we started making movies. And so we had sort of this built-in audience around the world and a net and a sort of a, a, a circuit that we would take our movies to. And so we, we basically get self-exposure by taking our films to cinemas. And in early days, it was to music clubs that had a projector and a screen and all that. But now it's cinemas. We take our movies ourselves around the world. So film festivals for us are not as important as they used to be uh, and as they are to general people. But most film festivals uh, are very important. Uh, some of them are very good. Some of them are not that great, and they just want your money, you know, so be careful. For the entry fee. For the entry fee. That's how a lot mm-hmm. of them make money. They get, you know, they charge a 50 bucks entry fee or a 100 bucks entry fee times, and they get like 10,000 entries, and they pick, you know, 20 films, and they show them in a theater, and there's almost nobody watching, and it's really kind of a ripoff. That's a lot of them, the small ones. Be careful. Uh, the bigger ones, like Heartland Film Festival, which we went to, are, are uh, worldwide acclaimed. Their uh, Tribeca Film Festival, various ones. And, mo- and it's nice because movie nice. lovers are coming together. So, you know, it's a supportive audience, and they have all kinds of activities. Sometimes, you know, you do a creative workshop at a film festival. They're really fun when you get to go yeah, hang out. They can be very nice. They can be very nice. Yeah, but we, but we most of the time we don't spend the time, you know, with going to film festivals because, like Michael said, we self-distribute. And it's really, um, there's nothing like learning about filmmaking than watching with an audience, you know. And, um, yeah, to see if your film is working or not. If it's working or not, you learn so much. And it's really been fun because we also do our own test screening. You know, a lot of the Hollywood films, they have test screening audiences, fill out questionnaires. So we, we do our own test screening, and like Michael said, sometimes we do house concerts screenings around the world in people's living rooms, and we travel with a projector, high-end projector, fits in a backpack. The um, person hosting the house concert screening either put it on the wall or they rent a screen. Anyway, so our test screening, we did a bunch of shows around Los Angeles. We even um, set up the screen in some gardens, some backyards, and we handed out questionnaires for people to fill out to see, are they understanding the story? Um, what do they think of it? What genre do they think it is? It really, getting the feedback really helped us. And I also, I'm the editor of the films too. Our, our thing is really a, a do-it-yourself. We form an artist collective. Like I said before, we had like almost 300 artists on this recent picture. Probably from 30 yeah. different countries. Yeah, it's a real worldwide <laughs> thing. But I, I do camera. I prefer, even though I'm a director, I prefer to shoot myself too. I've had... In the past films, I've had cinematographers before, but I preferred handling the camera myself because I don't like explaining to a cameraman what I'm trying to do. I just, you know, I know how to do it, so I shoot it. And then I edit it as well. So as an editor, I'm watching the film with the test audiences, and I'm seeing, oh, that joke's being buried by the next line. They're, they're, they're choking their laugh to try to hear the next line. So I'll go back and I'll add a slight half a second, you know, after the joke, and so the audience could get a full laugh. And then the next line, these kind of changes to make the movie play better. Or occasionally you see, oh, this, this film, this scene's not quite working, so I'll recut it until it works with the audience. Because to us, the audience is the king. That's what we care about. We don't, we don't go for reviews or this or that necessarily. We go for what is the audience like. If the audience is enjoying it, then we've done our job. That's so, that's so relevant to just about everything creative. Um, what you've just said right there, all I could think about was books, art, music, yeah, all of it um, for the audience. And, so, you know, like yesterday we were really proud because um, one of the, one of my books was trending and somebody texted me and she said, what's the secret to that? 
And I, my response, I've got it right here. Is I just pulled that up as you were talking. I'm like, I think, I, I think the book is finding its audience. And that is so yeah, important. Nice. Yeah, so important. Because I, can, you know, you can write write something all day long, and if it and if it doesn't resonate with people, it's it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. And so one of the things that I've been learning to do is kind of like what you've been saying too. And this is relevant because I know we'll get a lot of people listening who are wanting to do what you're doing or they're writing a book or they're creative. You know, people, people always listen to shows like this for the how, how did you do what you're doing? And um, yeah. one of the things I did with one of my latest children's books was I, I really read that out loud to a bunch of children uh, before it saw the light of day to make sure that they thought it was as cute as I did. <laughs> because oh, I, I think a 51-year-old mom's, you know, I, had a, I have a pretty decent idea from having four kids of what's a good book and what's not. You know, I've read a lot of books to our kids over the years. and um, But I even had our grown-up kids read it to see, yep, that's cute, you know, kind of thing. And they're boys. So I think that's it's your important. Test right yeah, so I think it's really screen. important. To take There's it. some funny stories about about the test testing stuff. You also have to do several of them, not just one or two. You yeah. got to oh, you got to yeah. get a, an overall because there's a great Frank Capper story in his book, his his uh, autobiography you wrote, where they took what's the one they took? It was I think it was. Did it happened one night. Uh, or no? Yeah, it was. It, it happened one night. I think that was the one, and they took it to Burbank to test it. And they tested it, and it just died. It bombed. And then the, yeah. the, the, the studio was like, what do we do, Frank? He says, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. Let's go across the street. Let's get that midnight showing in that cinema. Let's show it again. And so they went across the street, and they played it, and it went like crazy. People laughing, yeah. clapping, loving it. So he, they still couldn't figure out what was weird about that audience. That's so important that you get an overall, you know, uh, several audiences, and then you get an average. You say, no, overall it plays pretty well. You know, we're good. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, say it's important as artists, too, to know that, hey, not everyone is going to get what you're doing or enjoy what you're doing, <laughs> but there's always an audience for what you're doing. So don't give up too soon. Yeah. A funny thing happened with us with this picture we just released. Uh, we, fortunately, we have a distributor, as we said, you know, we self, we self promote, we self distribute by touring, but we also have an actual distributor who gets it on Amazon. Uh, you know, on Apple, Apple TV, TV, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, but so they, we were released uh, about a week ago in Europe on Apple TV, but it was miscategorized as an action film. And so we got, suddenly I looked on IMDb, our rating, and we had like an eight point rating and suddenly it was down to 3.9. I'm like, what happened? And I looked and there's all these ones, you know, you rate from one to 10. And all these ones came, and I was like, what? And then I looked at a couple of comments. It's like, this is the dumbest action picture I ever saw. There's not even any killing or fighting or blood or gore. And I'm like, what is Because it's a mystical, so musical, romantic, kung fu spy comedy movie. Yeah, it's, it's a comedy. It's not an action film. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, uh, so I, I quickly called the distributor and said, hey, we're in the wrong category. And they went, oh, my God. So they called Apple TV, and they yep. flipped it over to comedy Fortunately, our rating went back up. I think we're in the mid sevens now again. <laughs> so, yeah. What a you know you never what your the audience matters for your book. If, <laughs> yeah. if, if college for professors anything. are reading your children's book, they might not like it, but maybe they would. College professors, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it's important get- too to to go to an audience that you would never think of like enjoying what you've done. I don't know, and testing it out to see what reaction you. Sometimes you get the the coolest reactions. Um, sure. Well, like long, I, as I, long as you have a thick, thick skin. Thick skin, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I agree. I, it, uh, that's a, that's a really good point right there. Um, I let's talk about that. Um, so uh, as we kind of move toward being the, toward the end of the show, what I wanted to ask you, we're going to talk about the the thick skin needed to get feedback, but also think about in terms of, as we close out your social media links that you want to point people to, and then what's next for you guys. Um, But let's talk about that um, thick skin needed, because I remember about a year into best ever you, somebody called me and they were like, you are the worst. And this was real too. It made me almost want to quit. You are the worst. That's what they said. And they said, you are a washed up soccer mom. What are you doing? And I really was fumbling my way around. And you know what my response was? 
I'm like, oh my God, I have four baseball players. We don't even play soccer. And I hung up. <laughs> That's what I said. And I kept going. You're going to get those mean people. Cause you know what? A lot of people, uh, like to try to get taller by cutting somebody's head off. You know, that's kind of what they do. And yeah. um, there's also a, a thing in society and also particularly family groups to where when someone begins to change themselves dramatically and improve themselves, the, they, the, they don't like it subconsciously. <laughs> they want things to stay the same. So they want, because their position would have to be shifted. They'll have to change. They would have to change. And so you have to be aware of that. When you really start to rise up or do something new, there's going to be immediately, initially, some negative reaction to it because they don't want you to change. They don't want you to grow because then they'd have to grow. And so just be aware of that. The thick skin thing is just, look, everybody in the world I think what was it Gandhi said a pretty good I'm going to paraphrase it and get it wrong but he said something like first they first they laugh at you then they despise you then they hate you and attack you then you win something mm-hmm. like that it's like some steps of you know of like you got to have stamina yeah, you have right? to have stamina yeah and you know it's like forgiveness forgiveness is such an important quality in every relationship so even though there's people that are being mean out there and want to tear you down, you're like, they must be sad people. So, you know, I'm going to say yeah. a prayer for them, and I, and I wish them well. They must be hurting if they're acting like that. And, I mean, I'm always surprised. You know, IMDb, if you, if you enjoy our movie, please rate it and review it because it really helps other people to discover it. But still, even us, you know, little independent filmmakers trying to put some joy out into the world – people go to IMDb and they want to tear us down and they say the meanest things. And you think, haven't they have anything better to do with their life? You know? Yeah. It's really weird when, when I'm like, why did they even watch our movie in the first place? You know, it sounds like they're not the type of people that would enjoy it, but um, I just have to laugh at it and say, it's part of the show. Watch it like a movie, keep on going and there are people out there that are going to be inspired, you know, by what you do. So just keep concentrating on those people. Yeah, enjoy the ones. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Enjoy the people that yeah. enjoy it. You know, the people that give you a, a beautiful reflection back of, 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 of appreciation and joy. Revel in that. Wallow in that. Enjoy that. Because that's who you're making the movie for. The, the critics and the people that hate it, see if you can learn something from them. You know, is there some valid validity to what they're saying without, yeah. <clears throat> without beating yourself up? Do your best to self-improve, but um, you know if you have a vision, you you, you got to know certain people are going to hate it, certain people are going to love it, certain people will be indifferent, and you just say, well, I'm putting this out into the world. I will add yeah. one thing. I think people that have a genuine uh, spiritual life, a religious life or spiritual life, a genuine one with a loving relationship with God or with whatever their their vision is of that, they haven't they have an edge over. Uh, other people as far as taking criticism, you know, because you can lay it at the feet of God you, when you're praying or whatever. You say, Lord, this has come to me. Help me with this. You know, pray for the person that just despised you. This kind of thing, it really helps you let go of it, give it away, and and move on and carry on. So yeah, if you I always say that. I'm like, wow, they must be hurting right now. Yeah, that's that's definitely who is gonna who would do that? Who would criticize Not me someone? ever? And well, no. A lot of times I, w- I would say, well, where's your movie, pal? You know, like, you know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> how many movies have you made for like the budget that they normally spend on, you know, b- bottled water for a day at the, yeah. the studio? You know, complete lack <laughs> of recognition of uh, complete lack of understanding perspective and all that stuff that, that goes into how hard it is to do what you what you've done. I, I looked at it. I'm like, that is a lot of hard work. What you guys have done. So I, I have a, a keen appreciation for uh, all of your hard work, and I, I absolutely love it. Um, so d- new fans, we get to have – you guys are going to get a whole bunch of new fans from Best Ever You as we discover all of the things that you do. I'm so excited to to, inter- to keep introducing you to our community. Um, and I hope we, – we have five minutes left. So I hope that you'll come back, too, because it's a fun conversation to um, – yeah, it's about all the things that you're doing too, but you guys have some 
some really good wisdom about not giving up and maneuvering through situations and following your hearts and dreams and goals. And that's all best ever use stuff. And it applies universally to all of the things that people are doing. And it's really needed right now too, as we're trying to all figure out, you know, what to do next. Um, so I'm, I'm very grateful for your very candid conversation today. Um, I think it's been incredibly meaningful and I'm, um, and I'm not done yet here. I want to ask you, where, where do you want to direct people to social media? Where would you like people? I, I, if you, it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think, I think probably the best place, brightbluegorilla.com, our main website, because okay. they can contact us, email us from there. They can join our mailing list. We send out Gorilla News. Hmm. And then, you know, on Facebook, we have a um, – Bright Blue Gorilla Movies and Music Group, where we post videos and updates. All the social behind media the stuff videos. is on Bright Blue Gorilla. Yeah, but I think brightbluegorilla.com yeah. is probably the best place. Um, yeah, easiest to remember. We, we're, not, we're not on Twitter and Instagram so much, but we know we need to okay. get better at that. Yeah, I live on Twitter. I think what's nice about you guys, too, is you're just likable. That, that helps so much to be approachable oh, and likable okay. and so forth. Yeah, some that's it's lovely. Um, what is what's next for you? Do you know? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, all those things. Right now, we're we're deeply involved with the release of Thirty Six Husbands, which is you know like it's just out on American uh, in the USA on all the VOD platforms, the video platforms like Amazon and and uh, Apple TV, iTunes, etc. And so we're promoting that now and it's about to be released around the world it's going to be oh australia and new zealand japan uk is coming up soon in november so we're going to be promoting that for the next couple months i have a couple of script uh, script ideas for the next pictures so i'll probably be fleshing those out yeah we want to write new songs so it's great that we're here you know in los angeles it's perfect time to be uh Lockdown, so we can write a lot of new songs. And, you know, like you said, maybe it's time to write our book. We have so many miracle stories to share that um, happened over the last 30 years. So, you know, we'll slowly start to write our book. Maybe we'll put together a Bright Blue Gorilla documentary, you know, and we're going to go through the attic. We have photos up there. Yeah, cleaning house, cleaning up, you know, inner inner reflection and preparing for the next phase. Because 2021, a lot of us, are going to get our vaccinations and go back out into the world and start building things up again because 2020 has been a, a, an interesting shift for all of us. 2021 can be a, a step forward for all of us. So let's all you know think positive about that. Yeah. I can hear both of you smiling, if that makes sense. Well, we are. <laughs> we, tend, we tend to enjoy. Well, our, our goal is uh, – to be smile millionaires every day. That's why I said we feel so rich. We have so much to be grateful for. And, uh, you know, it's just doing our best to keep a positive attitude, to stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking world. Yeah, that's that's what a great yoga master, Yogananda, said. That was his saying. Yeah. So we, we're, we're practicing gratitude every day and service, um, creating. And, you know, one of the most beautiful things I think about social media, you know, sometimes it can really suck away your time. You can waste your time, but I also love interacting with people around the world. So doing my best to reach out and have conversations with people and, you know, help cheer people up, especially during these uh, challenging times. Yeah, but it's moving. We're getting through it. Just keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Be patient. (laughs) Be good to yourself. You know, be kind to each other. Creative. It's a time to uh, be, everyone can be creative. So let's take this uh, extra time we have at home as a gift and uh, challenge ourselves and try things we've never tried before. Love it. Uh, True joy having both of you here today. I thank you so much for being on the Best Ever You Show and um, for just all all of your your thoughts today. Uh, I hope everybody listening has thoroughly enjoyed having Robin Rosencrantz and Michael Glover from Bright Blue Gorilla here with us today. You can visit them more uh, at Bright Blue, I'm going to say it right, brightbluegorilla.com and um, check out their new feature film, 36 Husbands. It's a mystical, musical, romantic, kung fu spy comedy starring three powerful women and a bunch of husbands. I just love saying that. Anyway, all right. Love to you guys. (laughs) And um, thank you so much for being here.
All right. Take okay. care, everybody. Okay. Ciao. Ciao. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.